Hey guys, welcome back to Under Her Eye. It is Tuesday. It is Under Her Eye podcast Tuesday and today's episode is our first proper proper episode and it is all about getting back to basics. We're going right from the beginning because I think it's necessary and I want to kind of help people who don't know as much maybe they want to get into understanding gender equality but they don't know how to go about it I want this podcast to be accessible to everybody so that is why I'm doing a little bit of a a little bit of a terminology description episode I don't know I'm just gonna go through all the basics I'm gonna do a little tiny brief history of feminism and then I'm going to tell you all about what the words mean and why it's not scary and also why there's so many myths, why there's so many wrong interpretations of what feminism is and yeah, all of that. So I have a website up to go through the, um, what's it called, like the meanings because I have my meanings but I found a website that is really good actually. So feminism feminism is described as a belief and desire for equality between the sexes the belief that men and women should have equal rights and opportunities it encompasses social political and economic equality i think that is a very good a very good little basic definition and then patriarchy is a hierarchical structured society in which men hold more power sexism the idea that women are inferior to men misogyny hatred of women misandrony hatred of men i just want to tell you i did not know the opposite of misogyny like i did not know that misandrony was called misandrony till last week and if that doesn't show something i don't know what does next one is Hey guys, I'm back. I went and had my lunch. <laughs> so the next definition is, so I didn't know some of these. I'm not going to like be here and say that I knew all of them because I didn't. So the next one is hostile sexism, which is openly insulting, objectifying and, objectifying and degrading women. And then we have benevolent sexism, which I'd never heard of, um, like called that, is a kind of that seen a kind of sexism that seems like a compliment even though it's rooted in men's feelings of superiority superiority it's when men say women are worthy of their prote- protection or that they're more nurturing than them than men oh my god i can't speak it's restrictive and then the next one is internalized sexism which is the belief in women's inferiority becomes part of one's own worldview and self-concept Personally, I think everybody has internalised sexism because, you know, we live in a patriarchal, sexist world. Like, I don't think you can live in this world as it is now and not have some inbuilt ideas around what women can and cannot do. And I think it's just recognising that. I think that's the main thing. And then the next one is misogyny noir, 
misogyny directly towards black women. I'd never heard of that one either. And then we have a list of um, like gender types. Of, um, I don't know what I'm saying. We have a list of genders, but I'm not going to go through them in this episode, but I will do. And then we have um, victim blaming, which is when the victim of a crime or harmful act is held fully or partially responsible for it. We have male gaze, which is a way of looking at the world through a masculine lens that views women as sexual objects. And I studied male gaze when I was at high school in media studies. It's very prevalent in the media, like take James Bond films, for example, like women, all women do James Bond films. Uh, all therefore is for James Bond, basically, just to appeal to him if that's sex or usually is sex. So, yeah. That's a good example of male gaze. Uh, privilege, the idea that some people in society are advantaged of others, that is a fact. And then we have, um, I think that's, uh, we have this, which is woke misogynist, which is a guy who acts like he's all about gender equality, but then turns around and demeans, degrades and harasses woman, women. His misogyny may not always be overt, but it's there. Um, fem- feminazi is a derogatory term for a radical feminist. And the definition of a radical feminist is a perspective within feminism that calls for a radical reorder in a society in which male supremacy is eliminated in all social and economic context um yeah i just see radical feminism as being more that women are superior to men but that maybe i need to oh i don't know (laughs) there's so many like lines and it's so confusing but it's okay guys we're gonna learn together we are gonna learn together So that's a few little um, definitions. I'm just going to get my notes. My notes, I feel like a little, I'm really cold. I am really freaking cold. Where are my notes? I don't have to stop recording and start again. (laughs) I'm so lazy. Like, I really am so lazy. Episode two. Where is it? Okay. So the next thing is I'm just going to do a brief history of feminism so I have a little like website up because as I said I do not know everything especially at the moment like I was really nervous to record this episode because I was like I don't feel like I know what to say and I was like really overthinking it but I said in the first episode that like you know I don't know everything and I don't want you to expect oh why did it just stop recording I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you'll expect me to know everything, but just putting it out there again. I'm going to be reading off a few things because I don't want to get things drastically wrong. So this is a website that it's just called Feminism's Long History. And early feminist in his classic Republic Plato, which is a Greek philosopher, 
if you do not know, advocated that women possess natural capacities equal to men for governing and defending ancient Greece. Not everyone agreed with Plato. When the women of ancient Rome staged a massive protest over the Opian Law, which restricted women's access to gold and other goods, Roman consul Marcus Porcius Cato, I'm sorry if I put it that, argued, as soon as they begin to be your equals, they will have become your superiors. Interesting. In the book of the City of Ladies, 15th century writer Christine de Pizan protested misogyny and the role of women in the Middle Ages. Years later, during the Enlightenment, writers and philosophers like Margaret Cavendish, the Duchess of Newcastle-upon-Tyne, and Mary Wollstonecraft, author of A Vindication of the Rights of Women, Woman, argued vigorously for greater equality for women. Abigail Adams, first lady to President John Adams, specifically saw access to education, property and the ballot as critical to women's equality. In letters to her husband, John Adams, Abigail Adams warned, if particular care and attention is not paid to the ladies, we are determined to ferment a rebellion and will not hold ourselves bound by any laws in which we have no voice. The rebellion that Adams threatened began in the 19th century as calls for greater freedom for women joined joined with voices demanding the end of slavery. Indeed, many women leaders of the abolitionist movement I'm really sorry, I can't speak. <laughs> Let me say again. Indeed, many women leaders of the abolitionist movement found an unsettling irony in advocating for African American rights that they themselves then they themselves could not enjoy. First wave feminism, so that was before first wave feminism. Women's suff I'm such a bad pronouncer. <laughs> Women's suffrage suffrage. Oh my god, I'm so bad. And the Seneca Falls Convention. At the 1848 Seneca Falls Convention, abolitionists like Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott boldly proclaimed in their now famous Declaration of Sentiments that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equally. Controversially, the feminists dem demanded their sacred right to the elective franchise or the right to vote. Many attendees thought voting rights for women were beyond the pale, but were swayed when Fed Frederick Goodl—they oh. <laughs> were swayed when Frederick Douglass argued that he could not accept the right to vote as a black man if women could not also claim that right. When the resolution passed, the women's suffrage movement began began in earnest and dominated much of feminism for several decades. The 19th Amendment, Women's Right to Vote. Slowly, suffragettes began to claim some successes. In 1893, New Zealand became the first Soviet state giving women the right to vote, followed by Australia in 1902 and Finland in 1906. In a limited victory, the United Kingdom granted suffrage to women over 30 in 1918. I did not know that New Zealand was the first to give women the right to vote. That is actually really interesting. In the United States, women's participation in World War I proved to many that they were deserving of equal representation. In 1920, thanks largely to the work of a of a oh my god, I actually can't speak. The work of suffragists like Susan B. Anthony and Carrie Chapman Catt, the 19th Amendment passed. American women finally earned the right to vote. 
with these rights secured, feminists embarked on what some scholars refer to as the second wave of feminism. I'm sorry, my recorder keeps cutting out. It was not limited to Washington. Over 3 million people in cities around the world held simultaneous demonstrations, providing feminists with a high-profile platform for advocating on behalf of full rights for all women worldwide. So I actually read the book that is called She Said. I'm going to get it. Which is the book of the two journalists, Jodie Cantor and Megan Twohe, who were the investigators, the journalists, the investigative journalists who basically gave women the voice to take down Harvey Weinstein, in my opinion. It is such a good book. I really recommend it. And it does talk about Trump and it talks about just in general the Me Too movement, but obviously mainly about the Harvey Weinstein case and like how long they were working on it. Uh, I'll read you the blurb. On the 5th of October 2017, the New York Times published an article by Jodie Cantor and Megan Twohe that helped change the world. Cantor and Twohe outmaneuvered Harvey Weinstein and his team of defenders and private investigators, convincing some of the most famous women in the world and some unknown ones to go on the record. Three years later, it helped lead to his conviction. This is how they did it. It's a really good book. I recommend it. Um, so next, we have some little things I wrote down. And I put a question, why do men fear feminism? And I don't know the answer to this, but I think one of the main things is that they don't understand it properly. And I think it's got such a rep for being like, I mean, I think the perception of feminists being radical in general, like a lot of men in particular, think that all feminists are radical feminists. But just having that in your head is kind of a mis well it is a misogynistic interpretation you're looking at everything through the patriarchal lens you're still seeing men as superior saying that women cannot be superior if that makes sense and I think yeah I think the main reason is uneducation but also I think it's I think it is just in general I think it's quite basic I think men they like being in a page most men do like living in a patriarchy why wouldn't they it benefits them especially white middle-class men they are you know white wealthy men are at the top of the hierarchy they are and why wouldn't they fear women feeling empowered i think they fear it because in a way, something came to me, I was like, in a way, maybe men should fear feminism, but not, I don't know if that's kind of a radical opinion, but I do have some radical opinions, but maybe they should fear it, because why not, and also if you do fear feminism as a man, you are definitely seeing it from a misogynistic, sexist lens, in my opinion, and it comes down to that internalised sexism again. Because if you're seeing, as a man, the world from a gender equal way, you wouldn't fear feminism because you'd recognise that 
men have more rights than women do. So you shouldn't fear feminism because, I mean, it's just, it's just equality. Doesn't everyone want equality? No, they don't, but they should do. So I think that, yeah, I think men fear feminism, feminism because they are scared of the world not being suited and to them and not being the, them being the completely privileged ones, I guess. And the next question I put is, why aren't more men feminists? So, also, I just want to say, I really hope this podcast isn't coming off as, like, very strict male and female. Like, I am such an advocate for, like, gender equality, not just women's rights. Because, you know, trans rights, like, what's trans rights? Like, I want to do an episode on that, um, but I am... I am coming from more of a general lens on this episode where I'm just so I put are you a feminist and 102 voted yes and 21 people voted no but so that means that 200 people basically ignored it so yeah so very interesting looking at the people that put no um I so a few people that put no told me why and two of them put I am male are you a feminist no why because I'm a male you do not have to be a woman to be a feminist okay feminism is just advocating for equality of the sexes because women do not naturally have the same rights okay (laughs) someone else put it's lost its meaning and I put, it has not, a definition is a definition. Yes, there are radical feminists, but why would that mean you don't believe women deserve equality? Someone put, because who else will make the sandwiches? Someone put, you are the reason. (laughs) That one actually made me laugh. Someone else again put, I am a male. And yeah, I think that just sums up some males' opinions um yeah (laughs) I don't really know what to say I'm just laughing at this point and then I have a question that I proposed to myself saying women who aren't feminists now I used to be way more like are you stupid like if you're a woman why the fuck are you not want female equality and I listened to a podcast a few months ago and it's the yikes podcast I mentioned it last time and um one of the girls is a woman of colour, and one of the women is a woman of colour. I don't like referring to women as girls, I just find it derogatory. And I think I definitely, I definitely see why a lot of women of colour are not feminists, don't identify as feminists, because, you know, they have been they have been um, oppressed and marginalised, is that the right word, from especially the second wave feminism and it was a lot of white middle class women and they did not believe black women deserved rights and I was listening to another episode of a hello dog of a podcast and she was saying about how 
like I just said, white the women the white women advocating feminism did not believe black women deserved oh my god <laughs> did not deserve the same rights that they did as white women and it they were so why all the women the white feminists were advocating for women's right to work black women were already working they had been slaves or just you know treated horribly played underpaid for a while so they already were working so that is another reason why a lot of women of color do not did not associate with feminism especially like the second wave because one they weren't allowed to be involved and also because they didn't understand the right to vote why would you like they were working they were being horribly treated so that's what I put to that and what else did I put oh yeah I just put about the history of feminism I don't want to do like silly like analysis of the history of feminism because I don't think that's necessarily helpful I think having a little background and mainly the definition of feminism and understanding how it works in today's world is way more important. And I did read something the other day on fourth wave feminism, which isn't as widely known, but apparently it is. So fourth wave feminism is a feminist movement that began around 2012 and is characterised by a focus on the empowerment of women, the use of internet tools and intersectionality. The fourth wave seeks greater gender equality by focusing on gendered norms and marginalisation of women in society. Now that is something I want to be a part of, like that is so good, like the... Uh, I can't remember what I got to, it keeps cutting me off! But yeah, that is just, the focus on intersectionality is so important in my opinion, like, women's rights go hand in hand with climate justice and animal rights and everything, racial injustice, like, it all fits together, you cannot solve climate crisis without dealing with gender equality, you cannot, for example, especially when it comes to, uh, racial injustices the climate crisis and that goes so together like the climate the you know the right the effects of the climate are already affecting some people it is not something that is happening in 50 years 100 years like people always say oh it's not happening in my lifetime if you can say that then you are privileged because some people, many people, are actually already facing the repercussions of global warming and that is mainly lower income black minorities or just, you know, people of colour in, say, for example, I don't know whereabouts but I watched this, there's a Netflix documentary, I think it's What the Health and it's about veganism but it it talks to this woman who lives in South America, I think somewhere, and it's a it's a black community, and they live in an area, and obviously, and there is, I think it might be pig factories, like where they kill pigs for food, obviously, and 
the fumes that they like apparently they like burn and boil and like turn the pigs into like gas I don't know and then it comes out and like the fumes of that is like terrible and this woman has asthma like low people are so affected I don't know the science but like the 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 cancer the uh, percentages of people with cancer lung cancer in particular and asthma in areas like that she lived in is so much proportionally higher and you know these massive companies that produce meat and not just meat but oil gas oil companies like they know where they're putting their machines they're putting them in areas where people cannot speak out and people don't have the money to move like they know what they're doing and they know that these people are at the bottom of the patriarchal hierarchy that they are not going to be listened to as much and that's why it's so important to give these people the voices and also not just focus on consumer change when it comes to the climate crisis or focus on people not being sexist but actually attacking big industries like shell for the oil and i know i'm splitting a lot but that's important um and also not just stopping buying clothes from fast fashion but also attacking fast fashion companies and also i really liked recently where all this pride washing has come out like i never knew about that and that is so important like when you see all these like supermarkets and H&M like everywhere doing like pride Instagram pictures but they only do it in the UK they don't do it in Russia where it's illegal like they they know what they're doing to market the people but they're not they they know that it's trendy or whatever to do it here but they're not going to try and induce change in other countries where homosexuality might be illegal or where women have less rights they're not going to advocate for that that is not what they're doing. They they're only doing it for extrinsic reasons. They're only promoting pride or they're promoting women's rights because they know it's edgy. Like that edgy, not really the right word, but that is why. Although it's good that people are interested in the climate, you know, eco-friendly things has become an aesthetic. To have you know bamboo or whatever or like metal straws it has become aesthetic and it's also what's that word like just doing it for appearances like it's not actually promoting change that we need to promote i got a little bit of a rant there but i think that's where we're gonna leave today's episode i hope that it was insightful even a little bit and again if you guys have any requests or you need me to explain anything or you want me to research a specific topic then please let me know head over to under her eye instagram i think it's just called under her eye podcast (laughs) i'm gonna have to check i need to like upload on it more yeah it's called under her ipod that's what it's called and yeah tell me over there if there's anything you need me to talk about or you think that I've done something wrong or you think that my that I need to share different sort of opinions because I can't be quite stuck in my own opinions.
but I am always open to other people's, so let me know, I love a debate, if you know anyone that opposes feminism, tell me, and I'll invite them for an episode, <laughs> but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed episode two, and I will see you next Tuesday, bye guys!